Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Determined to be Desperate podcast. My name is Josh. I'm your host, uh, as well as the author, of course, of Determined to be Desperate, Developing a Deep-Seated Desperation for Jesus Christ, and 90 Days to Desperation, um, a devotional that kind of goes along with the book uh, for 90 days. Um, you can find both of them on Amazon. Uh, Determined to be Desperate is $14.99 with free shipping. And 90 Days to Desperation is $12.99 uh, with free shipping. Um, so this is a special edition of the of the podcast, as I said. Um, it's just born of um, some different backlash and things that I've gotten uh, recently, not on the podcast, but, but in other places, um, you know, for... Uh, very recently, uh, and also not so recently, and just about every day in between, um, I've I've been called a, a, a bigot and hateful and homophobic and, and all kinds of different things. And I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're a Christian and you believe what the Bible says, you have as well. Um, and and my goal, hopefully, is that you're listening to this and, and you're not a Christian and, and you're maybe one of the people who feels like we Christians are uh, bigots and we're hateful and we're homophobic and things like that um, because this is exactly who this is uh, this is addressed to um, you know there's there's many questions one is is why are Christians so focused on on um, homosexuality right now you know I mean it's there, there are some people who think that we we assume that homosexuality is a worse sin than than all other sins and um, you know that we're we're only against homosexuality, or we're only against abortion, or we're only against transgenderism, um, and that we don't care about other things like drunkenness and divorce and things like that. Um, the thing is, the the reason that homosexuality, and I'm just going to stick with that for now. I'm not going to go into abortion or anything like that, only because uh, the the same arguments can be applied um, to each of them. But this is this is the one that I'm kind of focused on today. Uh, but the reason that homosexuality has been brought to the forefront, um, that we do have to go on the defensive against it, that we, that we seem to fight so hard against it right now, um, is because it's the world that has brought it to the forefront. Um, it's the world that wants us to believe um, that, that homosexuality is just a sexual orientation and, and that you're born that way. It's the world that, that, that pulls that to the forefront um, it's it's our country, it's our nation uh, that is pushing so hard uh, for um, the the LBGTQ plus uh, e- equality narrative, which which isn't necessarily equality, but a full acceptance and tolerance of things that go against Scripture. And and if you if you don't agree with it wholeheartedly, if you don't agree that it's right, if you don't agree that it's okay, if you don't agree that people are born that way, then you're automatically seen as a bigot and you're automatically seen as hateful. And so many Christians feel like they're put on the defensive, I mean, right off the bat when it comes to homosexuality. And and, and as a Christian, if you come out and you say, hey, alcoholism isn't right, it's it's wrong, it goes against the Bible, nobody nobody attacks you for that. Nobody says you're wrong for that. If, if you say as a Christian, you know, hey, drug addiction is bad for you and it's hurtful to you and it's hurtful to the people around you and it, and it goes against Scripture, nobody attacks you for that. Nobody calls you a bigot for that. Um, if you say, hey, divorce is bad, it's bad for families, it's bad for kids, it's, you know, it, it does go against Scripture. There are, there are certain times 
when divorce is necessary and it's needed uh, for the safety of a person or, or for the health of a person. But outside of that, uh, it, it is wrong and it does go against Scripture. Um, you're not called a bigot. You're not called hateful. Um, but if you say, hey, listen, uh, Scripture says homosexuality is wrong. I don't have all the answers. You know, I, I, I wasn't there. God didn't ask my opinion when he made the rules. All I know is that God says that it goes against the way he set up this world, the parameters that he put around us when he created us. If you say that, you're automatically, you're a bigot and you're hateful and you're, you know, you're homophobic and all these other things. And so that's why it has come to the forefront. It's not that Christians think that homosexuality is a worse sin uh, than other sins and that can be applied to abortion and many other things. Um, it, it's that we're, we're forced to, to stand on our faith when it comes to this. Uh, and, and that's why it has come to the forefront. Now, I've also heard people who don't read the Bible, people who, 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 who don't care about the Bible, people who don't believe that the Bible is true, that it's right, that, that it is the Word of God, try and use the Bible to say, well, it's been misinterpreted and homosexuality doesn't actually mean men sleeping with men and women sleeping with women or uh, homosexuality wasn't going on in the time of Jesus and so Jesus never talked about homosexuality. Um, Well, one, Jesus did talk about sexual immorality a lot and due to the Old Testament laying out the parameters of sexual immorality, homosexuality is encompassed in that. So Jesus did talk about homosexuality um, often. Uh, as well, John says at the end of John, uh, at the end of his gospel, <clears throat> if he were to write down everything that Jesus did and said while he was here on earth, it would fill more books than the world could hold. Um, so to say that that Jesus never talked about homosexuality um, specifically, just because just because the word homosexuality isn't listed as a sin in the red words of Scripture. Uh, it's it's false. It's wrong. Uh, you, you can't say that with absolute certainty. And now, like I said, Jesus talked about sexual immorality, so he, and he he did in the red words of Scripture talk about homosexuality. But there's also another passage of Scripture in John chapter one that says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And later on down the line, it says, "The Word became flesh and dwelt among men." Um, so just because the letters aren't read doesn't mean that Jesus didn't say it because he is the word of God. Every word in this scripture uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament was inspired by God. It points to Jesus. It's about Jesus and it leads us to Jesus Christ. And so when Paul says that homosexuality is a sin, that doesn't mean that Jesus didn't say it. It means that Paul was inspired by God to write that homosexuality is a sin. And then as far as the translation, to say that it was it was lost in translation, I've heard some people say that what we see as homosexuality in the original Greek actually meant um, you know, more like pedophilia. Uh, you, you can say that, but then you go to Romans chapter 1 and, and you read. Uh, let me see. So you read uh, beginning in verse... 18, um, but going on down to verse 25, uh, or I'm sorry, 26, it says um, that the, the Romans and, and the Gentiles at this time had had 
sinned for so long and they had turned their backs on God for so long and they had gone against everything that God stood for for so long that finally God handed them over to their own uh, degrading pass, uh, passions. It says, this is why God delivered them over to degrading passions. For even their females exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. The males in the same way also left natural relations with females and were inflamed in their lust with one another. Males committed shameless acts with males and received their own persons to the appropriate penalty of their error. So here's the deal. Paul actually describes homosexuality in Romans chapter 1. You can't say that was lost in translation. You can't say that we translated it poorly. You can't say that that wasn't going on in the times of the Bible because Paul specifically describes homosexuality as God handing people over to their own lustful desires, their own wicked passions. So that the, the, the translation argument completely goes away at that point. And then to say that, that, that homosexuality wasn't going on when Jesus around is is absolutely uh, false. The Greeks were were well known for their homosexuality, um, their acceptance of uh, homosexuality, their acceptance of pedophilia. Uh, they're they're just strong uh, sexual immorality. The Greeks were well known for that. The Romans were well known for that. Um, the people in those times were well known for homosexuality. For pedophilia, so it's so it goes against history to say that Jesus Christ, in the time that he was around, that homosexuality wasn't going on, and so he couldn't have been talking about it. So those are some of the arguments that I've heard, and and that's just they're wrong, they're absolutely wrong, and, and they need to be addressed because they're not addressed. Um, many times, when when somebody's arguing with me about homosexuality it's on Facebook and you can't get all of that across in a Facebook comment it's not going to happen um, and then when you do even if you're able to if you stop and you take the time and you write uh, a, a you know novel long uh, comment and explain it then it just moves on to the next thing so that's what this is for to address those arguments um, against Christians who believe that the word of Scripture um, is true. I was told recently that, that Christians who believe that homosexuality is wrong are the same Christians who believe that uh, Muslims are going to take over the world and, um, and, and that they're going to try to bring us under their, uh, their rule and they're going to try, uh, try and take us over and, and rule us and, and, and be in charge of us and take us as slaves. Um, well, that's actually in the Quran that's, that's mandated for Islam. So, yeah, I would say you're correct about that, uh, but it doesn't make us crazy. All right, so there's, there's some of the arguments that are laid out. Now I want to give you the reason that Christians are so against homosexuality and homosexual marriage in particular in our country becoming law or having become law at this point. Um, we care about the soul of our nation. If you look through history, sexual revolution is at the helm of, of every uh, fall of an empire throughout history. Every single one. You look at Greek, you look at Rome, uh, you look at Babylon, um, you, you know, you look at you look at all of these different empires that have risen and have fallen. Uh, 
sexual revolution, the acceptance of homosexuality, the acceptance of pedophilia, the, the acceptance of sexual immorality, and, and turning immorality into law was at the helm of every single one of those empires having fallen. We do not want to see that in our country. We care about the soul of this country. And we know that when homosexuality is accepted, it will lead to more sin, and it will lead to more sin, and it will lead to more sin. And eventually, there's so much sin in the nation that it cannot stand, and it destroys itself. We don't want to see that in our country because we care. In fact, I would say it's unloving to tell somebody who is wrapped up in sin who is, who, who is believing that their sin is okay, who is telling themselves and justifying their sin to themselves that they're okay. I would say that it's unloving to go along with that narrative and to go along and just say, yeah, you are who you are. I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to heaven, and so you go where you want to go, and you do what you want to do, and I don't care. That's far more unloving than saying, hey, look, that goes against what God set up for us, and so it's sinful. So really, we would be bigoted and we would be hateful if we were to just say, you know what, you do what you want to do and we're going to stand over here and wait for heaven. That would be far more bigoted and it would be far more hateful than to say, hey, what's going on here is wrong and we care about your souls and we care about the soul of our nation and so we're going to fight against the outright uh, acceptance of sexual immorality. And then there's kind of this last thing um, I want to talk about. And that's just the fact that Christians don't hate homosexual people. Christians don't hate homosexual people. You will find some who enjoy making fun of homosexuals, who enjoy, um, you know, who, who enjoy the idea that homosexuals um, who, who don't find Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior will go to hell. You'll find those people. They exist. It's just like racism. There are racist people out there. They exist. There are far less of them than you may think that there are. And it's the same with hateful Christians. There are far less of them than you may think that there are. Um... For the most part, we just care about you. And we care about your soul, and we care about whether or not you'll be beside us when we go to heaven. We know what waits for people who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, that that, that doesn't mean that a person, uh, and, and I've, I've heard this many times, all right? Somebody says uh, to me, well, you just believe that all homosexuals are going to go to hell. Well, no. I don't believe that people who deal with homosexual tendencies, who deal with homosexual temptations, are all going to hell because if they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they may still deal with those temptations. They may still deal, still deal with those issues. Just like I'm tempted, uh, you know, I was tempted by alcohol, I was tempted by pornography. Um, I, I can say I'm still tempted by those things. Now, I've, I've, I've overcome them over time, 
but I'm still tempted by those things, that doesn't mean that I'm going to hell because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In the same way, if you deal with homosexual temptation, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you may deal with that temptation, but the Lord desires to change your heart and begin to work in you. And if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will go to heaven. So this idea that Christians believe that all people who deal with homosexuality are going to go to hell is absolutely wrong. But that, that's taking that idea that homosexuality is a part of you, that it's a part of your identity, that it's a part of who you are. That, 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 that can't line up. And because the world sees it that way, that's why they look at us and say, okay, you believe all homosexuals are going to go to hell because that's a part of their identity. Well, no, it's not. It's a sexual temptation, and they need to fight it, and they need to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they need to move away from it. Homosexuality, uh, heterosexuality is not who you are. It's just the natural order of the way God made the world. And when we begin to distrust God, when we begin to turn our backs on God, we go against the natural order of what God set up for mankind. And so we don't believe all homosexuals are going to go to hell. What we do believe is all people who do not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are going to go to hell. And that scares more of us than you think. So if we fight against homosexuality, if we fight against homosexual uh, marriage in our nation, it's because we care. It's not because we're hateful. Oh, and then the separation of church and state. Let's talk about that real quick because people, people, I've heard people say, well, you can believe what you want to believe about homosexuality, but we have a separation of church and state, and so the state, the, the country can't make laws about homosexuality based on morality. Well, one, every law is based on morality. The law that you can't murder somebody is based on morality. Uh, the law that you can't steal from the convenience store down the road, it's based on morality. Every law that we have is based on morality. All right? it's, it's written from a moral uh, code. Now, whether that's the biblical moral code or it's a moral code that people just have within themselves because they were created by God, they weren't uh, evolved from animals, it's still written from a moral code. But the separation of church and state, one, that was an idea written in a letter uh, from Thomas Jefferson to a friend. It was never written in the Constitution. It was never written in the Declaration of Independence. It was never written anywhere within our governing authorities. And so that idea of separation of church and state, one, it doesn't exist in the Constitution, and so it's not, it's, it's not law. It's just an idea that Thomas Jefferson wrote to a friend. And two, Thomas Jefferson was writing that letter to a friend and talking about separation of church and state, not to say that the church shouldn't have influence in the state, but that the state has no place having influence in the church. Thomas Jefferson fully believed that Christians need to run countries because that is how countries live and thrive and continue to move forward. Now, I've got no problem with a person of any religious affiliation being in government. In fact, I don't think that it should be a requirement to be a Christian to be in government because when Constantine did that, uh, back when he, when he was in charge of Constantinople, uh, and, and when, he, when he was ruling over a good part of the world, he, he became a Christian and he got saved and he was so excited and it came from a, a, a place of good intentions that he began to require uh, Christianity 
to be a part of his government. And what happened is people pretended to be Christians. People acted like they were Christians. People said that they were Christians just so that they could gain influence in the government. And what happened is Christianity was hurt because of that. So I don't believe that it should be a requirement that a person be a Christian to be in government. What I do believe is that a Christian government is the best government for a nation, for an empire, for a country, whatever it may be. True, honest Christian government is the best for a nation, for a country, for an empire, whatever it may be. I believe that fully, and I know that it's absolutely true. So I hope this clears some of that up. If you're listening to this and you're not a Christian or you already thought that we were bigots, um, you're probably still going to think the same way, but at least you know and at least you're educated on what we Christians truly believe. Thank you.